I'm Sienna, the kid. I'm Sarah, the mom. Whether you're a young person wanting to learn more about these issues or their parent wanting to find ways to connect, we want you to join us as we tackle some important subjects. If you can't have these conversations in your household yet, we hope to help by having them here. Welcome to Queer Kids Straight Mom. Let's talk. Welcome back to Queer Kids Straight Mom. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to survive the holidays at home if you are LGBTQ plus and your family is less than understanding or accepting. This one is so hard for me thinking about from my perspective because so much of what is romanticized about the Christmas season is going home for the holidays, walking in the door and seeing your family and you're coming home to this warm, safe place. And obviously for a lot of people, that isn't a warm, safe place. And it's just hard to imagine how painful that must be for someone to not feel welcome at home or where home isn't a place where you can maybe even be yourself. And for people that maybe are out or their maybe nuclear family knows that they're out, but they have relatives that don't, that are there. I think that can be tricky too. And there's a lot of pressure in family dynamics, especially during the holidays, to avoid contentious topics in some families more than others. Some people... She's talking about our family. (laughs) Some people can just kind of duke it out over an issue and then everybody moves on and everybody's happy and it's fine. The moment has passed. But for others... Things that are said in those debates or conversations or whatever can do lasting damage. And then, you know, 10 years later, you're having an argument about something completely unrelated. And they're like, well, what about 10 years ago? It happens. Our family, like Sienna said, is one where there's a strong drive to keep the peace. So, you know, I know that you could show up there with any group of our family members. And if you showed up with your girlfriend, everyone will be kind and inclusive towards her. But I know there are little things, calling her your friend, for example, that get under your skin. And there are big things too. Even though those people are kind and welcoming, they've also expressed some very anti-LGBTQ sentiments in other forums. Not in the form of like slurs or anything outwardly mean like that, but in sharing religious views that state that it is wrong for you guys to be romantic partners or to get married or raise children together. Which to me is actually a lot harder to deal with than, you know, someone just being outwardly blah, 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 the homosexuals, blah, 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 because they are trying to be kind and inclusive and yet simultaneously engaging in these things that I can't even bring up with them because not only will it break that sort of carefully constructed piece that everyone is so desperate to keep, but also they would see it as a personal insult because, well, haven't we been so kind and inclusive even though we disagree with you? Right, and that you're attacking their religion Mm -hmm. even. Yeah, I think that's true. I thought about that too, that like you can dismiss meanness from mean people as just that's who they are. A lot of the people that use really insulting language against gay people, it's, you know, maybe how they were raised. Nobody taught them better or they're uneducated or you can explain that a little bit and brush it off better when it's just somebody being a horrible person. And you can say that's homophobic. 
no, 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 that's homophobic. There's no excusing that. Right. Whereas it's a little harder with family members. Right. Where someone's going to be like, well, I love you no matter what. I just disagree with you. That's a lot harder to be like, well, that's still homophobic. Yeah. And one of the things that I have been thinking about is sort of in the context of this freedom to marry bill and that conversation is that attitude of, you know, we love you no matter what. The sort of hate the sin, love the sinner mindset is you're really saying to somebody, like, if you think that people choose to be gay, if you think that that's a choice people make and they're misguided and they're wrong. So maybe you say, oh, they don't get the rights to get married or they don't get rights to be served at a bakery or whatever it is. Because they've made this choice. Mm -hmm. But people that understand that it's inherent, people that understand that it is a natural state of being, that it is how God made you and still think you don't have the right to get married. To me, that is extremely cruel Mm -hmm. because you're saying, well, I love you, but I do think you're fundamentally disordered and you're going to go to hell if you don't change or if you live your life the way that we get to live our life. That's hard. Like being in a family setting like that, I can only imagine. I mean, as a mom. It's hard. So, and obviously in some ways, I hope at least, you know, you're loved and that when you're with your nuclear family that accepted and all of that. Yeah. And I mean, feeling like I have like my, my immediate family has my back in situations like that. Right. Yeah. One thing I really struggle with is I think because they're the people close to me and I know them personally, it's hard for me not to project all of my anger towards society onto my loved ones that hold some of these attitudes because they're there and they're the ones that I hear saying them and that it has to do with my child. And I know it's not their fault. No, it's their fault. <laughs> Legislation that's being passed is not specifically their fault, but it is really hard for me not to direct my anger at them. So that's a that's a family dynamic that's really tricky. So if you're going into one of these situations, say you're going home from college or as a young professional person back to your house and it's a place either you haven't come out or you have but you know that people aren't going to be nice about it or they're you're going to have to weather some mean comments or passive aggression or whatever it takes the form of one place I found some good advice was the advocates and their list is First of all, keep a cool head. Go for a walk if you need to. Offer to run an errand or walk the dog. Just get yourself out of the situation. If if you're feeling attacked because not engaging sometimes is better for your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, stick close to relatives who are supportive. If there's somebody in the room that you know is supportive of you, even catching their eye at the dinner table and exchanging a like, can you believe he just said that look can make you feel better, mm-hmm. can really help. Three, stand up for yourself as best you can, but don't feel bad if it's a situation that it's impossible to speak up. And I mean, I think that ties into the keeping a cool head, you know, removing yourself from the situation if you need to, because sometimes, you know, you really want to be like, you're like, I am so fed up with this. I just want to like confront people about it. But in my experience, those conversations typically don't go the way you're imagining them going in your head. And um, you'll, especially in a holiday situation where um, there are all of these different dynamics going on. And you aren't necessarily in a situation where you can remove yourself completely from the people around you. It's probably safer and 
better for you overall if you can at the very least be calm enough to not speak without without thinking through what are the potential consequences of this and how might this play out in ways that hurt me and the people around me? Am I willing to go down that road in this moment? <laughs> yeah, it's another good question. Take care of yourself first. Leave if you need to. This obviously would be more extreme cases, but if you are feeling attacked or people are insulting you or you just are reaching a point with your mental health that it's destructive, you can always just leave. Say, I'm going home. This is not a healthy place for me to be. At a certain point, you know, if it's it's obviously hard because you don't want to be hurting your family or damaging your relationship with them, but at the same time, There comes a point and you need to kind of figure out where that point is for yourself that if it's damaging for you to be around people, you need to be able to set boundaries and say, this is not healthy for me anymore and I don't want to be in this situation and I'm not going to. And then their last one is set aside a day for yourself when you get home. Sort of a self-care decompression, like I'm going to take a day and hopefully you have time to do this. I know sometimes travel schedule is you get home and then you have to go to work the next day or whatever, but um, whenever you can, maybe it's just an evening, but relax, recover is the bottom line. In my searches, I found some some really good advice. I thought that was a pretty good list. One of my favorite things I found was a website, them.us, it said, violently redirect any and all conversation back to food somehow, (laughs) which I just found really amusing. So honey, when are you going to find a boyfriend? Isn't this corn just the best? You nailed it with the turkey, grandma. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was really funny. But more seriously, one of their big tips just kind of to make yourself feel better is to remember that your progress in the big picture isn't going anywhere, that all the steps that society has made are still there. Even if you have family members that are a little slow to catch up, even if in the moment you're feeling like it's a return to the dark ages out in the world, things are getting better. And it's helpful to remind yourself of that. One of the other things that we've talked about is what can families do to help with their LGBTQ relatives feeling safer or more comfortable in those family settings. Say you're going into a setting where you know there's a relative that might blurt out something hurtful or just has expressed that they don't support your lifestyle or who you are, whatever it is. So I found a really good list that I liked on the website of a group called Out Maine, M-A-I-N-E, state. I don't know if we have any listeners in Maine yet, but if you are there, check it out if you don't already know of it, because it looks like they have some amazing resources. And if we do happen to have any listeners in Maine, um, let us know on social media. We would love to hear from you. And if you have any experience with this organization. So their list for family members, their first tip was to check in before gatherings and ask how that person feels about the gathering and what you can do to make them feel welcomed and supported. Find out if they want the entire family to know that they're out or what pronouns they use. If they're not yet, avoid suggesting that you know something that everybody else doesn't because that could be awkward. (laughs) You have a boyfriend? (laughs) Doesn't have a boyfriend. (laughs) Um, And then respect their decisions about participating. If that person is really uncomfortable in a setting, if they do come or if they just absolutely are not comfortable going, be respectful of that. There's so much pressure like, but they're expecting you to be there. But listen and be open-minded about that person's perspective. In my experience, that can be one of the kind of most contentious points for people who have kind of on the surface supportive parents 
who don't respect their decisions and needs about things like this because it makes you feel like, well, okay, so you're saying you support me and that you love me and you want me to feel comfortable, but now you're prioritizing, you know, making my homophobic uncle happy over like my feeling of safety and comfort and well-being. And it's just not a good feeling and it can really hurt your relationship more than you might realize. Yeah, that's a really good thing for people to remember. Like I was saying earlier, all of our Christmas images are like the family coming together and it can feel really bad from everybody's perspective for somebody to not be there. But if that's what it takes, maybe it's a wake up call for people too. And you know, like remember, no matter how uncomfortable it might make you to have to be the one to show up and say, oh, sorry, they're not coming today. It's not as uncomfortable as it is for someone who doesn't feel safe around their family. Absolutely. And then our last one here is to just let them speak for themselves. They're the ones that can explain their identity best. So don't take over and don't lead the conversation to LGBTQ topics because you think that's a way of being supportive. What does everybody think about gay marriage or who loves drag queens? (laughs) Maybe isn't going to take the conversation in a healthy direction for that person. But at the same time, if a topic is making them uncomfortable or seems inappropriate, ask if they want you to jump in. Um, Do that if it's necessary, if that's what the person desires. Just try to direct the conversation a different direction, get the attention off of them. And in that situation where if if something comes up that's so inappropriate that like you just feel like you have to say something, some good statements are, that is not an appropriate question. Let's talk about, let's talk about food instead. Um, From what I have learned, a more appropriate word would be, I wouldn't feel comfortable being asked that question. So let's not ask our family member. and. That is not an okay thing to say. And one of my personal favorite strategies, which I learned from a camp that I worked at, a summer camp, um, is is just the dude strategy. If someone just says something way out of left field, they're like, what do I even say to that? Just looking at them and being like, dude, it's it's particularly effective with younger kids, um, which can come up. You can come into situations where you've got kids saying things that are just wildly inappropriate, probably because they don't realize it, typically they're trying to gauge, is this, they're, they're gauging boundaries. They're trying to figure out, is this, oh, I heard people at school say this. Is this, an, is this a cool thing to say? Are people going to laugh? And adults do this too. Kids do it the most, but adults do do it too, because a lot of what we do as humans is just trying to feel out our boundaries with one another. And so just like, you know, looking at them and saying some, you know, some dude or something like, hey, not cool. Like just something that completely shuts it down, takes the energy away and lets them know that that is not something that you find cool or acceptable can be a really effective way of dealing with something without having to get into that made me feel sad. Do you realize how terrible and homophobic that is? Because sometimes that's not going to be effective. It's going to make them feel more defensive. And it's also not necessarily emotional territory that you want to get into. Right. Like making people feel shame, especially kids. That are just trying Mm -hmm. to like, I mean, maybe they even heard that at home, you know, like they're just seeing what happens if they say that. Um, And one more, encourage gender neutral gifts. Do you feel like that's pretty inclusive advice to what people need to know? Or are there other, other thoughts that you would want people to remember? Like what are there particular mantras or anything like that that help you through? situations that feel uncomfortable. 
I guess I kind of touched on this earlier, but remember, it's always a choice to engage with people. And I generally choose to continue engaging with some of the extended family that I have a really difficult time with because I value my relationships with my cousins, especially because a lot of them are younger and I want to keep being in their life because we get along really well and they really like me. And I would feel really terrible just being like, bye. But at the same time, that's my choice. And everyone is not obligated to make the same choice. And on my end, it's important for me to remember that it's my choice. And on my family's end, it's also important to remember that that's my choice and, you know, not pressure me into spending more time with them than I'm comfortable with or make me feel like it's my duty to spend time with them. Um, because when you're in that position, it is very, like, it's very important to have that awareness of, I can choose to walk away from this. Mm, not feeling trapped. Mm-hmm. So one other question I would just thought of, what about people who are extremely well-intentioned, accepting, absolutely love you unconditionally, embrace your relationship with your girlfriend? What about when they say something that is completely unintentionally I can't think of a specific example, but I'm sure it happens because I mean, I, I have to watch myself every once in a while, you know, something will come out of my mouth. I'm like, wow, that sounded really not the right way to say that. And it's just because I am an ally, but an outsider, right? Mm -hmm. So is it even worth correcting people in those situations? Or do you just let that go? Because this person is already making an effort and I don't want them to feel like, gosh, I'm trying. I can't do anything right. I think it depends. Like my relationship with um, your parents is a good example of this because they're really, really loving and supportive and have never been anything other than loving and supportive. And I can tell that they're making an effort. And I still sometimes get kind of defensive with them when they phrase things in a way that I would, I would prefer they didn't. But I think part of that is knowing that it's a relationship that will survive that. And I think your mom has gotten much better about it as well, about being like, oh, Sienna's not trying to jump all over me when I say something wrong. They're just trying to, you know, correct something that they found hurtful or thought other people might find hurtful. And I think that's a way a relationship has kind of improved over the last year or so. But there are also, so if it's something kind of, that I would consider a little bit more on the egregious side, like saying, I don't understand they, them pronouns. That's not grammatically correct. Then I'll be like, well, no, all of the major dictionaries say that is grammatically correct. And it go- and the use of singular they, them pronouns goes back to the time of Shakespeare. Plus, it's just really invalidating and disrespectful to say that people shouldn't use their pronouns because you disagree with the grammatical choice. But if it's something smaller, if it's, you know, just phrasing something a little bit awkwardly, where I'm like, mm, that's a little bit not how I would say that, but in a way that I can tell is very well intentioned, and it does. It, it, sometimes it just doesn't seem worth correcting it. So I'd say that's another thing that's kind of up to the individual and the context, and you know that your relationship with that person. But yeah, I would say it's kind of a, a on a case by case basis. That makes sense. Well, I think that is most of the advice we have. Certainly, if anybody has personal experiences that you feel comfortable vaguely sharing safely, not like having to dig into anything traumatic, but just like, oh, this has worked for me. 
we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One thing I would add is to keep in mind that this advice is for the situations we've described um, where it's, it's a little bit of an uncomfy dynamic. Um, You're like, I don't really want to be around those people. Um, If you feel threatened or unsafe going home in any situation, remember that that your actual safety is a completely different issue than just kind of how do I deal with awkward family members? And that, again, you're never obligated to engage with people that you feel unsafe with. I just want to make sure that none of this advice is misconstrued to be, you are obligated to go home and just suffer through things, because you're not. And especially if you feel physically or mentally or emotionally unsafe around people, it is never, ever your job to engage. 100%. And one thing I saw suggested also in you know, in the midst of an article I was reading was if you do go home again, this mm-hmm. is like maybe a borderline situation where like you want to go home, but then you get there and you're really uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, having like a, a trusted friend that's sort of on call. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can like just pick up the phone and say, okay, it's getting bad. And you know, you have somebody there. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I also just want to leave you with a list of resources be in that situation or get home and just feel horrible about yourself. Or if you have a friend or loved one who is really struggling with this issue of facing family members at the holidays, the Trevor Project Lifeline is 1-866-488-7386. And their website is thetrevorproject.org. And there are always people available to talk to you on that website. There's a crisis text line, text hello to 741-741. Trans Lifeline, 877-565-8860. The Safe Horizon Helpline list is for sexual assault, child abuse, homeless youth. Um, The two numbers that are probably most relevant in this situation, I think, are 1-800-621-HOPE, which is the domestic violence hotline, and The Child Abuse and Maltreatment Hotline is 1-800-342-3720. National Shelter Directory at homelessshelterdirectory.org. And then there is glbtnearme.org, which can help you find local resources should you need some extra support. So I hope everybody has a safe and happy holiday season and that you find loving homes to share the holidays with um that is our wish for all of you is love and acceptance and i hope this has been helpful yeah for sure um the holidays can be a really important um kind of symbols of our relationships with our family and i hope for all of you um that you will feel comfortable with your family and if not these tips that we've had will help you get through a difficult time Uh, on our next episode i'm very excited we are going to have a special guest zoe zephyr who was just elected as a representative in the montana house of representatives from missoula Um, She is a transgender woman who's inspired to run after Montana passed a bill restricting uh, transgender kids from playing uh, sports on the team corresponding to their gender identity. And so we're going to chat with her and I'm, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, that'll be really, really interesting. All right. Well, we will talk to you then. 
In the meantime, take care of yourselves and others, and we'll talk soon. All right. If you would like to hear more from us, follow us on Instagram at queerkid.straightmom, Facebook at queerkid.straightmom, Twitter at queerkidstraightmom, that's straight, that's spelled S-T-R-8. And if you would like to support us so that we can keep bringing you content like this, consider donating to us on Patreon at queerkid.straightmom. And if you are enjoying our podcast, please rate, review, and follow us on your preferred podcasting platform.